listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Today is a hymn sing with Sarah Day. Oh. I just got a new hymnal for my birthday. So this was <gasps> very <Happy> birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I got Walther's hymnal inspired by the last episode on Emily Julianne. And then I told my mom, I was like, I need this hymnal for my birthday. Uh, so I got oh. it. Through. Thanks, Happy mom and dad. Thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> So that hymnal doesn't actually come up today. That was just a fun fact. Mm -hmm. Today is the long awaited and promised baptism hymn episode because I am, I don't know how I went this long without doing. It took you four years. (laughs) They're only like really important. So this is also very exciting though, because my newest goddaughter was just born this week. And so baptism is on my brain because she's going to be baptized. By the time this airs, she'll be baptized. So I'm like thinking baptism uh-huh. and also our recent party planning committee baptism mm-hmm. birthday party I'm like ooh mm-hmm. should I make choco flan for her baptism birthday party <laughs> yes. do it and have it at the aquarium <laughs> yes yes so this is very exciting and as I said in the I think was that Emily Julian I don't remember one of those podcasts I talk about baptism hymns we have a lot of baptism hymns in Lutheran service book which is amazing there are a lot of options And so I did a poll in our Facebook group, as usual. I'm going to give you the rundown first before we start getting into anything else. So we've got Lutheran Service Book 590, Baptized Into Your Name Most Holy, 4% of votes. 591, This Is the Spirit's Entry Now, 0%. There are several that have 0% of the votes. There's just so many to choose from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think people really have favorite favorites for this of yeah. like ones that their church mm-hmm. does all the or time. Or like, yeah. the, t- like yeah. the greatest hits that yeah, churches yeah. will do. Yeah. 592, Dearest Jesus, We Are Here, 8%. I think that one ended up in the top, I don't know, three or four. 593, See This Wonder in the Making, which is a Yaroslav Vida hymn. Great mm. one. That's 6% of the vote. God's Own Child, I gladly say it, very unsurprisingly outranked all of them by a ton at 29 percent good one. okay blew everything out of the water i uh-huh. was expecting that to happen though so this is not surprising oh blessed spring 595 that got zero votes 596 all christians who have been baptized which is a paul gerhardt hymn two percent 597 water blood and spirit crying which is a starkey and blurch collaboration very good hymn only three percent of the vote once in the blessed baptismal waters that one is emily julianne von schwarzberg judelstatz that got one percent <laughs> 599 oh gracious lord with love draw near which is also starkey that is one percent 600 mark how the lamb of god self-offering that's a louis bourgeois tune and also very popular for baptism of jesus also 1% of the vote. All who believe in are baptized. Great Thomas Kingo classic. 2% of the vote. The gifts Christ freely gives. 602 also got 1% of the vote. We know that Christ is raised. 603, 1% of the vote. 604, I bind myself. I bind unto myself this day. St. Patrick's breastplate. 2% of the vote. And then this is the surprising one. 605, Father Welcomes. Second place at 10% of the That's vote. That's a good one. Right. I'm not surprised. Yes. Okay, so maybe yes. I'm actually, I may actually be in the minority on yes. this. Mm-hmm. I think I've only sung this one like once, twice. Yeah, we see this almost every yep. single baptism. Oh. My, my left hand is currently trying to play the bass line. <laughs> <laughs> so that, okay, I think I'm actually in, in, a, in a minority group on this one then. Rare. Because I know. And honestly, I don't really like that hymn. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Wow. I don't know why, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. I and it didn't? might just be because I just don't. I've, I've rarely sung it. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it until all my kids started singing it and loving it. And now, uh-huh. now I just love it for their sake because I just remember their little selves, yeah. you know, standing up and singing it full voice. And it really it, it changed my mind about the hymn. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one for kids to sing, too. Like, it's yes. not super complicated, mm-hmm. but it's still really mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Yep. So our top three are God's Own Child, I Gladly Say It, Father Welcomes, Dearest Jesus, We Are Here, and then in fourth place, Baptized Into Your Name Most Holy. So not... Other than Father Welcomes, which was surprising to only me, apparently. <laughs> the rest of it, not super surprising. So I did leave this poll open for people to add other ones because I didn't really care about Maximum Science this time. Mm-hmm. And also people have a lot of opinions about baptism hymns, which is cool. I was baptized from Little Ones Sing Praise. I don't know that one, but apparently popular. I am Jesus' little lamb. This makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Of course. Yeah. To Jordan came the Christ our Lord, which is technically a pif- technically Advent? baptism. That's Epiphany. Oh, it's Epiphany. It's in the Epiphany section of the hymnal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I think, in the baptism section in LW. I have that later in my notes. So it makes sense. But it's Jesus' baptism, so, you know, it works. Yeah. No, I was thinking of on Jordan's banks. Ah. Baptist mm -hmm. Christ. Very different. And baptism, (laughs) but no, different. (laughs) Baptist, not baptism. Close. Yeah. Wash, oh God, our sons and daughters. Children of the Heavenly Father. That one makes yes. makes mm-hmm. some sense too. Borning Cry. Do you guys know this one? I yes, I do actually. It's I, been years since I've heard it. I was there to hear your Borning Cry, etc. Is that in the um, Green Hymnal? Is that in the Green? It oh, like may be. or a different Green what? Hymnal. It's the hymnal that was that my grandparents' church used. Is there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't LBW, know which probably. hymnal it is, but it's green, and I can picture the logo. I can't picture the name of it. Is it a logo? Um, is it a, a square like with a like cross? A book sort of thing. Like yeah, like there's like a book. yeah. I think that's Lutheran Book of Worship. Okay, the twin to LW. Um, <laughs> probably. Anyway, I'm. It might be in that one. Maybe. All I know is we sang it at their church, I remember. Uh, okay. Which is why I wonder if it's in that one. It hmm. is in Evangelical Lutheran Worship and With One Voice. That oh, shows up in some voice. Ways, so it may be in there. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I have never heard of that one, but that one was a popular one. Uh-huh. People who loved it and also hate it's it. It's a very, con- <laughs> yes, yes. It's very... It's very sentimental. Like, it's got a lot of emotional. Yeah. I, it makes me cry. Oh. Yeah. And I've sung it, but it's not It's not one of my absolute favorites. It feels like a very 70s or 80s hymn. Mm. Yes. Mm. That too. But it's kind of cool because it actually covers the whole lifespan. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of oh. cool. Like, it brings you from your born and cry and then actually all the way up until when you die. And then no. you are you are born again resurrected and so that's kind of well that's kind of cool it looks like it was written in the 80s 1985 yeah yeah sounds about right (laughs) fair enough so what else welcome to the family from the other songbook which i we do own a copy of that book (laughs) that is on our shelf now that one i've never heard i haven't either (laughs) the savior kindly calls from tlh Mm -hmm. baptized in water don't know what that Mm -hmm. one is either but Somebody else loves it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Go, my children, with my blessing. That mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And praise the one who breaks the darkness. Eight forty nine. I like that hymn. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't think about that one for baptism, but yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. But <laughs> it works. It works. So there's 
a lot of options in LSB and I looked in TLH and LW just to get a feel. And there's a surprisingly small, maybe not surprising, there's a small number of hymns in TLH and LW Hmm. for baptism. Interesting. Which I found interesting, yes. There's only six in TLH and baptized into thy name most holy, dearest Jesus, we are here, and he that believes in our baptized. Those are the three in TLH that have carried through all of our hymnals mm-hmm. to LSB. So that explains why those are popular. You know what, though? Like, I'm going to—it doesn't—actually, thinking about the, our practical forebears, it makes sense because you only use the baptism hymns unless you're doing baptismal remembrance, right? Yeah. If you're actually baptizing someone, you will use maybe one hymn. It's not like the whole service is baptism hymns. You don't need six full baptism hymns. So if you just have a few that you can pull in. And back back when TLH was published, a lot of babies were still baptized at home. That's Mm -hmm. not during the church service. So they they had what they needed. Mm -hmm. They got some good ones. That's true. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that... A lot of the ones that we have in LSB didn't even exist in 1940. Mm, there's yeah. a there's a solidly large number of LSB baptism hymns that are very recent. So they just they just didn't have mm-hmm. the ones that we have mm-hmm. now. So a lot of these are are much more recent. And then there's also six in Lutheran worship, but not the same six. Huh. <laughs> Those three that were in TLH are there. And then to Jordan came the Christ our Lord is in baptism instead of epiphany in LW. And then two other ones that I don't know. So, and then those same three from from TLH are also in LSB. And then, of course, I had to check my favorite hymnal supplement 69. (laughs) Favorite. I'm telling you, man, that was a gem when I found that one. I love so many hymns in that little book. It's great. There are... Two in that one, neither of which we have in LSB. I've never heard of either of them. But one of them was written by John Mason Neal, who is one of our favorite dudes on this podcast. And not translated. He actually wrote this. Wow. I know. I didn't really know. I figured he wrote stuff, but everything we've talked about, he's just translated Uh from Latin, right? So it's kind of cool, though. I like it. With Christ, we share a mystic grave. With Christ, we buried lie, but not within the darksome cave of by mournful Calvary. I do not like his rhyming, though. Yeah. Calvary and lie. That was a Victorian thing. Uh, because they were, they were reading poems that had been written before the Great Vowel Shift. They thought this was how poetry worked. And so they tried to make themselves sound archaic by these forced slant rhymes. And they're awful. Mm. Yeah, I don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the sentiment of the hymn. Mm-hmm. The pure and bright baptismal flood entombs our nature stain. New creatures from the cleansing wave. With Christ we rise again. Thrice blessed if through this world of sin and lust and selfish care. Our resurrection robe of white and undefiled we wear. Thrice blessed if through the gates of death. Glorious at last and free. We to our joyful rising past, O risen Lord with thee. And now to thy thrice holy name, to God whom we adore, to Father, Son, and Spirit blessed be glory evermore. Amen. That's really yeah. nice. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little suspicious rhyming, but that's okay. And then I saw. <laughs> and then I also checked in supplement 98, because why not? And so in that one, see this wonder in the making, God's own child, I gladly say it, and we know that Christ is raised. We're all new in that hymnal, and all hmm. three of those we have in LSB, plus two others that we don't have, and I don't know them, so I didn't include them. But I really love We Know That Christ Is Raised. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one to belt out. I don't I don't know if it's a super popular one. To, I mean, it's still fairly new, so I don't know if a ton of people know it. I really like 
that one, though. Can I just say the fact that See This Wonder in the Making and God's Own Child, I gladly say it, made their LCMS debut oh, in 1998 and are now so incredibly seen. popular. Yeah. That, these are these are really show-stopping hymns because yeah. we, normally we don't like anything that's like not a hundred right, yeah, right. Well, How did this one old. stay a secret for so long? God's, God's Own, Own Child? Child. Yeah. It was written a really long time ago and just nobody had translated it. Mm. So Robert Velker translated it in like 1991, I think. So this the first time it was translated? I think so. At least in English <gasps> or at least in a good English. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't really show yeah. up Yeah. Okay. before then, so... Yeah. Thank you, Robert Velker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people like it. Not everyone. Was the <laughs> tune written for it? I don't. Like, mm, sorry, I'm getting no, you off. No, you uh, Throwing you off your script. You're fine. Uh, it's good. I mean, it looks like it was the composer and the author look like they lived at the same time. Mm-hmm. Bakofen. I think it was the original tune to yeah. him. I don't know okay. if it was actually written okay. for it. Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure it was that was, was the, the tune that, that they used. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So I am not gonna run through all of these because there's a lot and we are we've already covered a lot of like mm-hmm. Starkey and Gerhardt and Vida. Like we've already talked about those people in other podcasts. We've already talked about Once in the Blessed Baptismal Waters in the previous Emily Julianne of Schwarzburg von Schudelstadt. That one, that You're story. getting real good at saying that. <laughs> <laughs> that one we covered in her story time episode. And then God's Own Child, I Gladly Say It. We mm. covered that one extensively in the Baptism Party Planning Committee episode that we did several weeks ago also. So we can put those two links in the show notes. So if you really want to listen to anything about those hymns, you can listen to those there and I won't cover them today. God's Own Child is definitely a fan favorite. I was interested to see that there is a... I don't know if it's large, but there is a contingent of people who really don't like this hymn. And I appreciate that they commented on the poll and were like, Mm. I don't know why people love it. I just Mm -hmm. don't. It's interesting to me to see the differences in people's appreciation of hymns and what Mm -hmm. they like and what they don't like. And I don't know. I just think it's it's very interesting. And it's okay to like not like hymns because there's some hymns that I don't like either. Like, yeah. Father welcomes. <laughs> I just find this so surprising, but I guess it makes sense that people like this hymn. I find it very sing-songy in like 70s and it just doesn't really fit my vibe of what I like about hymns, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like not really my thing and that's okay. But a lot of you guys like it and all three of you know it, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. this was written text and tune by Robin Mann, who was born in 1949. So if you're listening, Robin Mann, I'm really sorry. I don't like your hymn. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. <laughs> he wrote it in, according to Hymnery, he's still alive. I don't know if that's accurate, uh. but he wrote it in 1973 for the birth of his daughter, Kristen, to be sung at her baptism, which is a really cute that story. That is cool. Actually. Yeah. That is cool. That makes me like it a little bit more, mm-hmm. to be honest. It was published in 1974 in the Songs for the People of God in Adelaide, Australia. So this is an Australian hymn. Oh. The text of this is really beautifully simple, which makes it really nice for baptisms and for kids to sing. It's not a super complicated hymn, which does make it nice for like memorization and singing as kids get older and stuff. It also kind of connects this like the the baptism to funeral connection because mm-hmm. father mm-hmm. father is welcoming you into his family in baptism, but also into heaven when you die. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's a lot of connections you can make and sure. a lot of theological stuff. So I get why people like it. That's cool. Maybe I'll grow to love it now that I know everyone <laughs> else loves it too. I had no idea that it was an Australian 
song, but it totally makes sense. Sort of fits the relaxed, you know, Mm. kind of cultural vibe down there. And it fits. It makes sense to me. Yeah, that is interesting when you know where hymns come from. Mm -hmm. Things make more sense. So then one of my favorites in this section, and I probably don't have just one, but one of them is 603, We Know That Christ Is Raised. I think the combination of the text and the tune are like a really good one for me to belt. And maybe it's just in my range. And that hallelujah is <laughs> just like super fun to sing. So I just love singing this one partially. But also this is a favorite Easter hymn for a lot of people. I think we sang it a lot during this Easter season, or I just imagined it because I love it. I don't know. This is also one of my favorite texts from scripture. Romans 6 verse 9, we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. I love that verse. And that is basically the entire hymn. This was written by John B. Geyer, who was born in 1932 and just recently died in 2020. So another Hmm. really recent hymn writer. He wrote this hymn in 1967 when he was tutoring at Cheshunt College in Cambridge And so there was a lot, this is really interesting about this hymn. There was a lot of research being done like really close to Cambridge or maybe in Cambridge, somewhere in that, in a very close vicinity of creating babies in test tubes. This was happening at this time. Mm. So he wrote this hymn in that context of a confession of Christian doctrine of baptism and like how that relates to what they were doing with this research. Mm. Super interesting. And you don't really see that in the text that we have, because it's been altered, that the hmm. original text in that relates to that has been altered in our hymnal. So you wouldn't know that just by reading the text in the hymnal. But in the original text, it says in stanza two, this union brings to being one new cell was changed to reborn we share with him in Easter life. Hmm. Not even the same sentiment, but that was, <laughs> was the original. And then a living and organic part of Christ is now as living members of a living Christ. So that that makes sense. And then in stanza three, the original text was, the spirit's fission shakes the church of God. And that's now the spirit's power shakes the church of God. So, you know what? I'm okay with that. I mean, this is like the ultimate atomic age hymn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) True. But knowing how, speaking of a hymn, I don't really care for earth and all stars. You know, loud yeah, boiling much. test tubes has not aged well. And I feel like the spirit's vision love might not have aged as well. Maybe it's aged well for you. It hasn't for me. So much. It's so nostalgic. Classrooms and like, labs. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fine hymn. I just always end up laughing when I sing it. Maybe that's what it's meant to be. Steel mills and wood and uh-huh. factory workers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired right now. Cream puff hangover. Cream puff hangover. <laughs> Although I do feel like I could make some new verses to Earth and All Stars to bring it up to uh-huh. the 21st century. Hey, yes. yes. Something about AI. Challenge alert. Yeah. Ooh, we should do that as a as a hymn mm, sing episode later. Challenge in the lounge. Think about that. Anyway, tweets and AI rampant inflation. <laughs> <laughs> Sing to the Lord a new song. (laughs) Yeah, let's just move on, shall we? I love this so much. Okay, so. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I'm writing in my head now. (laughs) So good. So it turns out that I like the text we have in LSB. Probably wouldn't have liked the original text if the original text (laughs) made it in (laughs) the (laughs) hymn. 
Agreed. So there we go. I do find it very interesting that, like, we talked in the Emily Julianne podcast, too, about, like, hymns that relate to contemporary matters in everyday life. And so it's mm. it's just cool to think that people write hymns for things that are happening yeah. in their immediate yeah. area and, like, confessing Christ in the midst of all this stuff. So yeah, what do we have today going? Lots of stuff happening today. Like, like we can be confessing Christ in hymnody in the Absolutely. midst of all this stuff that's going on. AI and... Twitter. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I also need to talk about the three that have actually stood the test of time through all of our hymnals because those are very important hymns for our baptismal time and still show up for a lot of people, still very important for a lot of people. So those are Baptized Into Your Name Most Holy, which is LSB 590, Dearest Jesus We Are Here, LSB 592, and All Who Believe and Are Baptized LSB 601 and I constantly get this one mixed up with all Christians who have been baptized Mm. because the titles are super similar. Are they different? They are very different. (laughs) All right. I mix them up too. (laughs) Apparently. I mix them up all the time. I not only mix them up, I conflate them. Yes. Yes. Because, because I think you could sing them to the same tune. (laughs) They're not the same. They're not the same. (laughs) All Christians who have been baptized is two stanzas by Thomas Kingo and all Christians who have been baptized are like eight stanzas or 10 or something by Paul Gerhardt. So very different hymns. Okay. (laughs) So Baptized Into Your Name Most Holy was written by Johann Rambach, who lived 1693 to 1735. This was translated by Catherine Winkworth. Not surprising. It's the right time period for her to be doing all this. Rambach was a professor at Halle, which was the center of German pietism. The original hymn was much more about living a baptized life, so like the sanctified life idea, than the actual sacrament action of baptism. And the current hymn still has a little bit of that. It's also much shortened, so they kind of cut out some of that stuff. It was first published in 1734 in the Erbauliches Handbüchlein für Kinder, or Edifying Little Book for Children. It's a cute title. It continued to be really popular for confirmation in German and English because Catherine translated it in 1858. So it was originally seven stanzas. And then in 1863, Catherine translated six of them. She wanted this. I find this really funny. She wanted to shorten lengthy German hymns to match, quote, the English allowance of four verses only. (laughs) Oh, so this has been going on for uh, at well, least what well, 150 well. years. <laughs> German hymns are too long. Four <laughs> is the number you shall sing. In the verses that she chose to cut. Oh, I mean, sometimes we do that. Sometimes like we do like, that. Yeah, but that's it's four stanzas now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It was six in 1863, and then all six of them are in TLH, and then it was cut down to four in LSB. And the ones that were omitted are the ones that are more geared toward confirmation. Mm -hmm. So it actually makes sense if you're using it for a baptism hymn that you wouldn't sing the ones for confirmation. So I love this hymn. It's a great one. Highly recommend. Five stars. And then Dearest Jesus, We Are Here was written by Benjamin Schmulk. He has a fun name. Who lived... 1672 to 1737. So about the same time period. He has got Whoa. seven consonants in his last name and only one vowel. I know. It's amazing. S C H M O L C K. Schmulk. That is. 
a fun name. He was a really incredible poet. He wrote around 900 hymns during oh. his life. Like super prolific. Hymn nerd. Uh, the OG. Yes. Yes. And I will tell you a little bit more about his life in just a minute because he does have a, a somewhat interesting story. Catherine Winkworth also translated this hymn, surprise, surprise, for Lyrica Germanica in 1858 and Chorale Book for England in 1863. So these were the same two books as Baptized into Your Name Most Holy. So these two hymns have kind of grown up together in our <laughs> hymnody history. The text we have has been modified quite a bit. Nothing really like heretical, mostly for clarity and aligning with Lutheran theology, but like nothing, nothing that would be like horribly terrible. So Benjamin Schmolk is interesting. He was a pastor and hymn writer who served in Silesia after the Thirty Years' War. So at this time, most of Silesia was Roman Catholic, and that affected his ability to like be a Lutheran pastor quite a bit. So Lutherans were left to be like quote re-Catholicized oh. after the war okay. in Silesia, or they had like super restricted properties and resources. So there's a lot of like persecution against them at this time. He was born on December 21st, 1672. He was a Lutheran pastor's kid. His dad served in Brauchisdorf, Silesia, which is now Chrosnik, Poland, which is right outside Lubin. It's in Western Poland, like really close to the border. And his dad also wanted him to be a Lutheran pastor. So he was like, he grew up in this expectation of becoming a Lutheran pastor, which apparently he wanted to do, or at least he ended up doing. So he went to the gymnasium in Lauben, which is now Lubin, Poland, and then the University of Leipzig, where he graduated in 1679. And his stipend to Leipzig was paid for by people in his dad's parish who were really impressed by a sermon he preached in 1693, which was before he even went to the university. So he was so, very so You said talented. 1679. Did you mean 1697? Yes, I did. Oh, <laughs> 97. I'm yeah. sorry, you were on a roll, but I was. you were like, he preached this before he went to college. Wait. No, no, graduated in 1697. So yes, okay. this was, yes. He was preaching apparently before he went to the university and the people in his dad's huh. church were very impressed with how talented he was. So that wouldn't fly these days. <laughs> no, it would not. <laughs> this is before our seminary system. <laughs> <laughs> While he was in Leipzig, he studied with really fantastic Lutheran theologians like Johannes Solarius. He wrote a lot of poetry to support himself for all of the like wealthy residents there. And he earned Poet Laureate in 1697. So he was wow. very good and wrote a ton of stuff. After he was in Leipzig, he went back to be an assistant in his dad's parish in Schweidnitz, now Schwiednica, Poland, where he was called to be the deacon of the Friedenkirche after his ordination in 1701. And then he married Anna Rosina in 1702. Cute. And then, <laughs> <laughs> so with the, I love learning about who guys may, I, whatever. When with the Peace of Westphalia in 1648, so this is after the war, Schweidnitz was Roman Catholic, right? So the church where he served as a Lutheran pastor was this very simple building outside of the city walls, no tower, no bells, like nothing fancy. And it was the only church allowed in this area. So it was him and two other clergy members providing pastoral care to 14,000 parishioners in Whoa. 36 villages. Wow. Yo. That's crazy. That's did he, how did he find no. time to write poetry? I have no idea. 
Set apart wow. to serve. Wow. Right? Get on it. <laughs> he probably rode it while he was on his horse. In his head. Traveling between villages. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot. That's how he passed his time while he traveled. Yeah. He was writing hymns. There you go. So then finally in 1707, so this is for a very long time, they were allowed more clergy and six more Gnadenkirche, or grace churches, in Silesia because of the good graces of Emperor Joseph I, who was Roman Catholic at the time. But he was like, mm. you can have more churches, guys. Mm. But what only a six. sweet guy. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Mm. Appreciate it. So Schmulk, Benjamin Schmulk, was appointed archdeacon in Schweidnitz in 1708. And then he was pastor in 1712 and then senior pastor and town school inspector in 1714. And then in 1730, he suffered a stroke, unfortunately, and then had two more after preaching for the last time in 1735. So at that point, he was completely blind, unable to preach, still managed to hear confessions for this parish because he'd been there like his entire life. Like he knew these people really well. Mm -hmm. And then he spent all of his remaining time there until he died February 12th, 1737. So a lot of his fellow Silesian pastors really spoke out harshly against pietism during this time. I feel like there was a lot of that going on during this time of... Lutheranism and Christianity, but he was a lot more non-confrontational, like my kind of guy. He just kind of like did his own thing, very pastoral and gentle and like Mm -hmm. didn't pick fights with people, Mm -hmm. but really firmly rooted in pure Orthodox Lutheran doctrine. And so he's compared to Paul Gerhardt and Johann Rist and Martin Opitz with how talented of a hymn writer he was during this time. And he was a bit of a quantity over quality kind of guy. Apparently he also hymns. Yeah, I think so. Probably. He apparently admitted this. He's like, yeah, I know some of them aren't great, but whatever, like they're there. (laughs) Well, I'm the same way with selfies. Take a hundred selfies and maybe one of them will be worth sharing. That's true. I have a lot of pictures of my camera. So maybe that was just how he did hymns. Like I'll just write all the hymns and maybe one or two of them will be like, worth passing on to posterity throw yeah. it at the wall and see what sticks like yeah, yeah. exactly between 1704 and 1737 so that's what 30 30 33 years is that my math in 16 collections he wrote like 1200 texts <laughs> of which right. 110 of them were sung to one tune <laughs> Wir nur den lieben Gott, which is the tune for If Thou But Trust in God to Guide Thee. Which so he basically had the same tune stuck in his head for 30 years. Basically, mm. yes. Wow. <laughs> Couldn't he just, like, make a song with, what, 500 verses? He could. It's all the same tune. He could. He wrote a lot of stuff. A lot of them were very good, though. So we have two of all of his hymns in Lutheran Service Book. Dearest Jesus, we are here. And also... LSB 901, Open Now Thy Gates of Beauty. So that's the legacy we have from him in our hymnal. So that's Benjamin Schmulk. And then the third one of these like longstanding hymns, All Who Believe in Are Baptized, written by Thomas Kingo. We've talked about him before. He was also a very prolific, super great hymn writer of his time. He lived 1634 to 1703. So again, similar time period, slightly earlier. And we've talked about him before. Fabulous writer, so this is funny, this this part in the Hymnal Companion. I didn't give you my plug for the Hymnal Companion. Go buy a Hymnal Companion from Concordia Publishing House. This is really funny in there. Quote, 
A rare irony, the textual origin of this hymn is more firmly established than that of the biblical passage on which it is based. <laughs> While Mark 16, 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And the so-called long ending of Mark do not appear in some of the earliest manuscripts of the gospel. The source of this hymn is clear. Thomas Kingo published it in his proposed Danish hymnal of 1689. And it became one of 85 hymns by Kingo to be included when a hymnal was ultimately adopted in 1699. So there you go. We know where this hymn comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, it's a classic. It's super clear about our doctrine of baptism, what we believe baptism does. There is no uncertainty in our baptisms or in this hymn at all. And also it's only two stanzas. So like, there's no complaints about it being too long. <laughs> it's just a great one. And it's fun to sing. This hymn first appeared, I think from what I can tell, in 1910 and 1913 Lutheran hymnary. So this goes way back in our Lutheran hymnals. Great one. And like we said, all Christians who have been baptized, not the same hymn. (laughs) (laughs) I know that now. (laughs) I was writing, when I was writing this, I was like, wait, didn't I already write about this hymn? Oh no, it's different. Never mind. (laughs) That one is very long, written by Paul Gerhardt. I will say one thing about it. It's kind of the baptism sister hymn to LSB 555, Salvation Unto Us Has Come. They're both the same tune. So they're like sibling hymns and they're both really great and very long. And I don't even care because you should just sing them. That's all I have to say. And that's actually, that's it. That's all I got. What? I kept it short and sweet, guys. Because wow. I want to know what I want to know what you guys like. Mm. Do you have favorite baptism hymns? It can be one that I didn't talk about, too, because I did not cover a lot of them on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I am a big fan of God's Own Child. I gladly say it. I do understand those who feel it is challenging. I wish that my church would embrace it more than it does. Mm. But honestly, I get to sing it at work. For a while there at work, we were singing it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which was fine. And that's how I really came to know and appreciate it was was the repetition because it isn't an intuitive tune. There's a lot happening in that that's tune and you have to keep up with it. Yes. So I Especially do if get they're that. playing it really fast. Yeah. <laughs> the one that I do enjoy, although honestly, I feel like even though it's in the baptism section, it never fits the feeling of a baptism oh. is the water, blood, and spirit cry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. But like the tune is sort of ominous. Yes. And like the words. Crying. They got, we've got graves and burying yes. and there's In a watery grave. But you know what? You know what's really interesting? Anyway. Like... And my husband talks about this sometimes. When you think about baptism, like, yeah, it's no. a violent. It is. It is exactly. No, it like to You're an extent, extent it does, demons out. and yet right. it doesn't fit the vibe. You're drowning of, right. a dude every the Sunday morning when it happens. But you're right. There is an element that does align there. Mm-hmm. But that's I think why we don't sing it when the adorable little baby is getting <laughs> ready to. They're bringing him up to the fonts, and we're like, die, old Adam. Around us, death is seething. His two-edged sword unsheathing. We don't. We don't sing that. Because it doesn't fit the vibe. Cognitive um, dissonance. But I do love it. I, I like <laughs> the good. dramatic tune. I like the words. And I wish we sang it more because it's a good one. It I is- would be very happy to see it in a different section of the hymnal. I love yeah, that hymn. Yeah. I have a I have a personal connection Fair. to it and that 
when I was in college, I got to sing with Jeff Blurge as my choir director, and I still right. sing fondly about that. And so every time I see his name in the hymnal, it makes me smile. And it's a wonderful hymn, so powerful, so evocative. I feel like it would be fantastic for like an adult baptism. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it doesn't feel necessarily, yeah, it lacks some sweetness. <laughs> and but I I think if it were not in the baptism section, it would get more play, and that would be a good mm-hmm. thing because it is a mm-hmm. fantastic hymn. It is. It is. Okay, so obviously I like that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of the hymns I don't necessarily look at them and think, oh, I love that for its own sake. They're good hymns, mm-hmm. but I love it because of the memories, like Father mm-hmm. Welcomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. A friend of mine, a dear older friend of mine, often sang "See This Wonder in the Making." For baptisms at the church where Ken served for a number of years. She sang it as a solo. She sang it beautifully. She sang it once for her own grandson that I got to witness. And so, you know, it's got this special place in my my heart for that. I used to sing I Am Jesus' Little Lamb to my kids, you know, when they were fussy before, you know, and wouldn't go to sleep. And so that one feels, that one feels just really close and personal to me. But there are just so many good ones. There really are. It's true. I don't even have a favorite. I I think then I think Rachel with with the nostalgia factor that you talked about I I think out of all of all of the baptismal life hymns I think probably Father Welcomes mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. my favorite uh-huh. it's one I'm most familiar with I will say God's own child I gladly say it I had not heard that hymn until I met Sarah Goldsmith. <laughs> <laughs> Became uh-huh. friends with her. Uh-huh. I was like, what is this? You're welcome. I do like it. <laughs> but I I had never heard it before I was But it makes sense like now knowing 35. that it's such a recent hit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like, like new. Yeah. True. Also Flood by Jars of Clay. Just <gasps> kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would like to hear that one sometime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not sure what doctrinal review would say. No. <laughs> no. Also not sure it would work with an organ. True. <laughs> Update with suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Past. <laughs> Ladies, we want to know what your favorite baptism hymns are. Or hymn. Or hymns. The poll is still up in the Facebook group if you want to go comment on that some more. Or if you want to just comment on the post for this podcast in our Facebook group or on our Instagram page, you can do that as well. If you want to add some more hymns or other other ways that you celebrate baptisms with other songs, that would be cool too. Join us in our Facebook group, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Join us also on our Instagram page. Follow us there at Lutheran Ladies Lounge. There is extra content that goes on Instagram throughout the week that may or may not go in our Facebook group because the Facebook group takes care of itself these days. Mm. There's so much Mm. stuff happening in there. Yeah. You can also join our e-newsletter in the show notes for this episode or send us an email, lutheranladies at kfuo.org, and we'll get you signed up for that e-newsletter. Find all of our podcasts at kfuo.org slash lutheranladieslounge or on the KFUO radio app or on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Jesus Little Lamb. <laughs> and I am baptized into Christ. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I did that demon voice. <laughs> I just felt like it was the appropriate thing to do. Similiustus et peccator. Amen. <laughs> 
Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies' Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us, too. If you love the Lutheran Ladies' Lounge podcast, consider financially supporting our producer, KFUO Radio, so we can keep doing what we do. Find out how at kfuo.org slash give.